Fantasy Forecast Episode 10 is here. We've made it to double digits. We just passed week eight in the NFL season on to week nine. Only three of us here today. Dan is, couldn't tell you where Dan is actually, but it's me, Z and T, ready to rock and roll, give you our takes for week nine, help you guys win some games. I went two and one this week. How'd you guys do? Uh, I went one and one, pulled out a quality win in my other league. And then uh, my matchup in our league came down to Kadarius Tony versus Harrison Butker last night with James Craven being up, I think, 10 points. Kadarius just threw a dud. Only had six points, so I lost in a battle that I thought for sure I would win on Monday night with Kadarius Tony playing. So four and four in both leagues. Hopefully can stay above 500. Yeah, uh, after talking a little bold last week, uh, I definitely got humbled in 0-2 week. Tough. Uh, shout out Mitch. He definitely rinsed me about by almost 100 points. You know, dude almost put up 200. So it was almost an embarrassing week for me. Yeah, what? Like, it, did it have to do with that trade? Um, you know, I think it might have a little bit to do with the trade. I would I would say Aaron Jones in the middle of the week's a pretty big ad. <laughs> Damn. I wonder who gave him him. I don't know, some dummy. <laughs> hey, I'm banking on the MT. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. I don't know who's throwing to him. Yeah, Kamara, say, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> Gibby will I like saw I saw a report that uh somebody asked Drew Brees who was like if they're yeah, like, oh Simeon. No, they said if Simeon goes down, who was the backup for like that game on Sunday? They're like Camara. <laughs> oh jeez, I thought you were gonna say Drew Brees from the press box. I'd love <laughs> nah. to see it. Honestly, though, like now owning MT, I will like if they called Philip Rivers and was like, "Hey, like you want to play?" Like the dude only can throw the ball seven yards. He only runs slants. It's perfect for him. I take Cam Newton. I just don't foresee Philip Rivers staying in game shape all the year after he retires. Yeah, he's definitely packed on the pounds, probably. Definitely packed on the pounds. But and attending to his 12 children. So speaking of trades, I just made one today. So I'll ask you guys how it is. I'm in a two QB league. I lost Jameis and a Derek Kennedy, probably within like an hour span of each other. So today I traded Damian Harris and Debo for Herbert and who else did I get? Javante Williams. So I kind of took a hit in the running back department, but I now have Brady and Herbert as my two QBs. Debo was kind of like the piece I was moving because like I have Cooper Cup, Jet, and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about – I wouldn't agree with moving Debo, but he's obviously stacked a wide receiver. So, and I'm big on Javante and Michael Carter. Both the UNC guys are freaks. I have and those I, are my two starters this week. Yeah, I think Javante. He's due for a breakout week. I think he's going to score maybe two, three touchdowns, but he's going to take over running back one responsibility soon enough. And I hope so. And Herbert has like the easiest playoff schedule. And yeah, I'm, I was going to say his. Schedule softens up, and he's been kind of struggling. So he's definitely going to want to show out towards the end of the season. Yeah, you just got to hope Javante outplays Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon did, like, get all the red zone touches on yesterday 
or today's Tuesday on Sunday. Um, and Herbert's been struggling, so just hopefully he can get back to Herbert form. But other than that, I mean, Debo to you is like kind of like moving nothing because you didn't use him. Exactly. I never played him, and he's literally wide receiver four. Because so in my in my eyes, you traded Damian Harris to downgrade at running back, but upgrade obviously in a two QB league, having a two stud quarterbacks is like yeah. most important. So I don't I don't see a problem with it. Like I just didn't have the balls to ever sit Tyreek. Obviously, I'm not sitting Cooper Cup like the dude's wide receiver one, and I don't have the balls to sit Jefferson. So, like, Debo provided nothing to me. But we'll go back to week eight real quick. Tyler kind of mentioned my new RB1 and Michael Carter, so I will give the floor to him. Yeah, so with Dan out this week, I'm going to take over uh, two responsibilities, and uh, we can knock out two birds with one stone in talking about the Jets this week. Finally, you know, we love to do it on the podcast. The Jets pull out another W in honestly stunning fashion. Um, I was not expecting anything coming into this game. The Bengals are coming in hot. I was expecting another embarrassment coming off the Pats. But Mike White, this dude put up the best performance from Jets quarterback statistically in my life. 405 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. It happens, whatever. But an absolute dominant performance all around. And it was just fun to watch. That team all around was everywhere. So we'll go over to running back to talk about the other half in Michael Carter and talk about a breakout week. The dude's RB1, 77 rushing yards, a touchdown, and then nine catches for almost 100. And it seems LaFleur is running this new offense. So Michael Carter, definitely more involved in the screen game. And if you're playing full PPR, it's just easy points. And for 100 yards is crazy. So if they're going to keep running this, obviously you're going to start him every week. Yeah, he looked great on my bench. But, I mean, like I wasn't planning on starting him. But now I am. Yeah, I, I got the same way. I uh, Jets fan expecting to get whooped. Big Bengals, guys. You know, we talk about them every week. We love the Bengals. I was I expecting think, uh, nothing out of this game. Don't think LaFleur is coming out of the, uh, the box anymore. I think he will be off the field for the remainder of the season. Definitely yeah, no. Uh, they actually announced today uh, Zach's personal quarterback coach is taking his spot on the sideline. He's going to stay in the box for the rest of the season. Yeah, if Zach even has a job when he comes back in two weeks. <sighs> He'll have a job, buddy. Relax. Oh, Mike so White. Two ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, it's a competition, I would love ball. that. I would love if it's a competition in a couple of weeks because that means Mike White's playing at an elite level. So we'll see. All right, that's enough, Jets. I'm done with them. On on to the receivers. I got them this week. My bold take hit that puts me up to three. Take over first place. Michael Pittman had 10 catches for 86 yards and two touchdowns. I gave him 30 points, and that wasn't even good enough to give him the wide receiver one spot. As A.J. Brown took that, he had 10 catches for 155 yards and a touchdown just under 32 points for him. A.J. Brown's hitting his stride, man. I mean, ever ever since that Chipotle incident where he could barely stay on the field, like, he's been he's been cooking. So him and Tannehill are finally back to where they were mostly all of last year. So I think, like, going forward, you shouldn't have to worry about A.J. Brown's health or just lack of production because he seems to be fully back. As for Pittman – feel like this finally like established himself as like a legit legit uh 
wide receiver option weekly for fantasy purposes. And then a little shout out to Chris Godwin, who was wide receiver three with 28 points as he had eight catches for 140 yards and a touchdown in the losing effort to the saints, but he was kind of the only consistent option that Brady had going throughout that game as they took away Evans tight ends really didn't do much, no AB. And then they couldn't really run the ball either. So Godwin was kind of the only, only guy he had going. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, before I take, oh. before I say tight ends, I was just going to comment on that. It's like, I feel like when you're watching the bucks, it's like, you can kind of predict which one, whether it's Evans or Godwin, you can kind of predict be like, Oh, it's a Godwin day or, it's an Evans day. And I was watching that game, obviously, on Red Zone, and I was like, oh, it's a Godwin day. So I'm not surprised he finished out in the top three. Yeah, and I was just going to touch on A.J. Brown. Uh, he was hurt a lot of the start, and he's a big yards after the catch guy. So I think it's pretty evident he's healthy now because he was just running dudes down after the catch. Uh, just to close out week eight, I mean, talking about tight ends, I mean – TJ Hawkinson, you know, you finally we see him return to his form that we all kind of expected him to be. Uh, 10 for 89, good enough for the top tight end spot. But then the next two guys to finish out the top three, Dan Arnold, 8 for 68. And then right behind him um, is Pat Firemuth. I mean, it seems like Dan Arnold, after getting traded from the Cardinals, um, not Cardinals, uh, Carolina, he was on the Cardinals last year. But uh, – it seems like he's kind of settling in for Trevor as kind of like that safety blanket, as we always talk about tight ends being seems like in just a few weeks of being in the offense, it seems like Dan Arnold is already kind of like, you know, he might be that go-to guy for Trevor, especially on like check downs and things like that. So interesting to watch, uh, to see his production for the rest of the year. And lastly, Pat Fryermuth. I mean, finally this dude, uh, he's getting targets. He's getting in the end zone, which is great. We all kind of, I know we've all, been on the Fryermuth train since he was at Penn State, but good to see him producing in the NFL now. Um, and definitely the clear cut tight end one in uh, Pittsburgh. Great. Yeah, love to see Patty Ice turn up. Yeah, of course. So as we wrap week eight, we will give a quick shout out to Dan, whose old prediction kind of sadly hit as he's off the six game Schneid, won a battle only because Kyla Murray had his worst performance of the year. But, hey, a win's a win in the bold prediction department. So let's move on to week nine. Jump in right with quarterbacks. I'll start. I got to start for you guys this week. Let's start Carson Wentz against Tyler's beloved Jets on Thursday night. I think Wentz has kind of, like, solidified himself as a great streaming option. He's basically giving you over 17 points a night. And as a quarterback, someone who you're streaming especially – with all the bye weeks that we have, I think he's he's a great option. And as I mentioned before, his relationship with Pittman is just continuing to grow. So he's become his favorite target. And you can see him honestly even like forcing the ball to him at some points. Um, even JT out the backfield has gotten a lot better receiving the ball. And Wentz's, Wentz's night or Wentz's day on Sunday would have looked a lot better if he didn't try and make that stupid lefty jump pass out of the end zone which lost you two points and then obviously another one in crunch time. So he basically lost four points just being stupid. But other than that, I mean, he's, he's a pretty solid start, especially against the Jets. D. who knows how they'll respond on a short week coming off the, the high of that great win against the Bengals. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, Carson Wentz definitely starting to put it together over there in Indy. And yeah, the Jets, a young team coming off a short week, it's going to be rough. But I'll roll with another start. And I'm going to say Tua 
and the Dolphins, they're playing the Texans. And kind of a theme on this podcast to rag on the Jets and the Texans, so we're going to keep that going. Two is another quarterback that's starting to put it together with the young offense. They're all starting to get in their own stride, and the Texans definitely not a defense that's going to stop that. So I'd look to start two if you have them. Yeah, uh, obviously we love on this podcast, you know, picking the matchups against the Texans. So thank God that we don't have any uh, Houston fans, as far as I'm aware of, that listen to this because they just get roasted on a weekly basis. But getting away from starters, um, going towards the sit, um, again, this is just a streaming quarterback guy like kind of Brett was talking about, bye weeks and such. Uh, I'm sitting Ryan Tannehill this week. I know we talked about A.J. Brown getting in his stride and stuff like that, but when you're facing the Rams defense – I mean, and in L.A., just got Von Miller, obviously. That is a big trade that happened today or yesterday, um, you know, at the trade deadline. But, I mean, I just cannot. Like, I feel like they're just going to be fired up. They're all in. The defense has been holding its own the entire year. And I just don't think that that Tannehill, you know, especially I think if Julio's out again, I mean, Ramsey's going to be on A.J. Brown the entire game. That's I'm obviously – regardless. Yeah, even if Julio's a yeah. But even if – my point I was making with that is that if Julio doesn't play, it's even more so A.J. Brown is the one guy. So, like, you could literally double him. And what are you going to throw to this swaim tight end guy? Like, you know what I mean? Um, I just don't like the mat- – don't like the matchup at all. I think the Rams are going to be jacked up. They're going all in for the Super Bowl this year. And I think that uh, Tannehill might have a tough night in, uh, in L.A. on Sunday. So – the way you're talking makes it sound like we already know who you're picking out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. So, like, is it just the Rams versus them? I mean, it's funny. I was actually talking to a buddy yesterday about it, and we were kind of – I was told him, I was like, AFC Bills is like I'm locked in, especially watching the Chiefs again almost blow it last night. I mean, I think the Bills are the clear-cut AFC team, even though the Raiders are currently, you know, the top seed. but uh nfc wise i mean depending on if how hurt kyler is i mean that's obviously a good team packers are good as usual bucks are the bucks and the rams those are my four teams that i think are top boys nah cowboys it's like every single year you talk about the cowboys and then something goes wrong so you know off the cowboys wave but i don't know i think i could see i mean i'm probably gonna sound stupid i don't want to count tom brady out i mean that t- team obviously and it's tom brady but uh i mean rams i think will definitely be in the nfc championship whether that's against i would say the bucks or cardinals to be determined all right on to the running backs you just mentioned how the raiders are the number one seed in the afc currently i'm sitting there running back this week i don't really like the matchup for josh jacobs and even though even though they are coming off the bye week and everything it's just like I'm not I'm not really like high on what they what they got and especially now everything that's going on in there you don't really know what the hell is going to happen but the Giants defense is pretty solid against the run you saw last night versus the Chiefs like I know they don't have Clyde so who the hell are you actually going to run the ball with but I mean they're pretty solid against the run compared to the pass right now so. Let's let's just sit Josh Jacobs and kind of hope that 
and is hasn't he been hurt? Like, am I tripping? Like, hasn't he been hurt on, off and on? Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what he's dealing with, but something's lingering. He's Perfect. So up every better, just like give him an extra rest on your bench this week, and let the Raiders kind of figure out what they're gonna do with him. Yeah, uh, transitioning away from sitting, uh, I'm gonna say start Elijah Mitchell. This is a dude who. Um, I feel like it was a frenzy, like weeks one and two, to kind of pick him up uh, after uh, what's his name, Raheem Mustard got hurt. Everybody was kind of like, "Oh, everybody pick up Eli Mitchell," and I think he's taken over the backfield. I, for one, thought Trey Sermon would be getting more touches, and it just seems like Eli Mitchell is just dominating him. I mean, the dude's only getting. I think the last two weeks he's had only 18 rush attempts, but he's put up over 100 yards each time, gone into the end zone both times. I think he's going to keep up the work. He's, you know, he's an explosive player. He's like fourth um, for like games started to rushing yards. He's fourth only behind Henry Chubb and Cook. So, right. And the dude, like he's only getting 18 touches and he's getting hundred plus yards. I mean, the dude's efficient and he's, you know, he's got the explosive play power within him. I mean, I'm probably going to be starting him this week, especially if James Robinson does not play, which he's day to day. But I'm like, I haven't started. I picked up Eli Mitchell like week one or two or whatever off the waiver wire, and I have yet to start him. But I think I'm going to start him this week, and I think he, I think I'm looking for him to go over 100 yards again. Sticking to the theme of uh, some waiver wire running backs, I'm going to say sit Khalil Herbert this week. Uh, they're playing the Steelers, the big rivalry game. And, you know, that Bears offense definitely got it going this past week. But I don't know if they're going to keep that going. Justin Fields has definitely struggled. He was able to rush, but I like that Steelers front defense. And I don't know. I still – I'm not sold on this Bears offense being back after one week. So, I'm not buying in on a waiver wire running back. Fire Nagy. Yeah. It, it's looking grim for him, especially when the one week they look good, he's not coaching. I was saying that for three weeks. Like, can we just like speed up the process at this point? But let's go on to wide receivers. Um, for me, let's start a guy this week. Let's start Hollywood Brown. Apparently, I just love like picking guys coming off bye weeks. So I'll keep that trend going. Hollywood coming off a bye facing Minnesota. I mean, we saw what we saw what Cooper Rush did to the Minnesota secondary on Sunday night. Like, what the hell is Lamar gonna do? Even though I'm not like the firmest believer in Lamar's throwing ability, what is he gonna do off a of bye week against that secondary after he saw what a backup did to him? And obviously, Hollywood's the recipient recipient of the deep ball, so chances of him catching like a 65 yard touchdown are probably rather high which obviously in that case is already like 13 fantasy points in a full PPR league. So he's probably going to give you about 20 points this week. So for wide receiver, I'm going to do a sit this week and we're going to Nelson Aguilar on the Patriots and they are playing the Panthers this week, which means Stefan Gilmore is getting his chance at a revenge game. And that means he's lining up against Nelson Aguilar, which is not someone I would consider an actual wide receiver one. So I think he's in for a miserable day and I would not play him, not even flex him. 
Yeah, no, as a Patriots fan, I would also sit Nelson Aguilar. I personally hate Nelson Aguilar, and he's definitely <laughs> going to be having a rough night against Gilmore, who just watching the game on Sunday already looked like he was back into his, you know, depoy form, you know, getting a pick, you know, being with the team for like, what, two or three weeks coming in and, you know, played like Stephon Gilmore plays. So I totally agree with you, and I think that Mac might have a tough night throwing the rock on uh, Sunday. Uh, what'd you say, Brett? Feed Damien. Yeah, I would like that for fantasy purposes. Um, so going towards still with our receivers, I'm gonna also take a sit, and I'm not sure. Like, you might be playing this guy as a flex play. I've played him a few times as a flex, but in a 12 team league. But I'm sitting Lavisca Chenault. I mean, I this was a guy. If you've listened to all the podcast podcast episodes, I was I was high on this guy going into the year on our first episode. I thought that you know. He showed flashes last year being really good. And I thought for sure getting this quarter, getting a, you know, Trev, a great quarterback out of college. You know, Trev obviously isn't playing great this year, but I thought for sure that LaVisca would be, even with Marvin Jones, I thought LaVisca would at least have some role in this offense. And honestly, if you look at his numbers, it seems like he doesn't have any role at all. I think he's gone in the end zone like once the whole year. I think, I feel like he's just kind of out there and he's not doing much. So, as a flex play, I mean, obviously, like we say, start start the start the uh, studs and sit. You know, not the studs, but I feel like uh, my takes. I don't like saying like sit like Justin Jefferson. Like nobody's sitting. Like you're not sitting a top guy. So you going further down the list. I found Chanel. Don't like, just don't like the role he has in this offense. And I just, I'm probably honestly going to drop him for to pick up another guy off the waiver wire in my other league. So. I traded for Chanel like two weeks ago. I, I just like I don't get it. I thought for sure he would at least have. I just some like I just questions. like swapped like bench receivers, and it was mostly just to like help one of my buddies out where like his whole team was on bye. So like I just traded him Tyler Boyd for like Lavisca. Like, I mean, like, and I'm it's never- funny because I'm looking at somebody dropped Tyler Boyd in my other league, and I'm looking at dropping Lavisca for Tyler Boyd because just as like a, a backup receiver. So, yeah. Um, yep. Speaking of pass catchers, we'll stay right with the tight ends. And so we mentioned Tyler Boyd. So I'm actually going to start his tight end this week. You know, like we can't go an episode without talking about the Bengals offense. So someone's got to mention it. I'll take it this week. Let's start CJ Usoma. I mean, Tyler talked about him a couple weeks ago. Dude hit two touchdowns in that game. He's kind of been good for almost a touchdown a game since he's really been getting featured. Uh, obviously, last week was just just the Jets game, and no one knows what the hell happened there. But I think they're going to bounce back this week against the Browns, kind of try and show the AFC that they're for real, and um, just kind of show that they weren't really like a fluke, so the offense is going to be humming on all cylinders, and let's start CJ, especially when – you know, tight end position is slim and Noah Fant has COVID. Yeah, I like that. And touching on Noah Fant, dude sold me 1.8 points and now he's testing positive for COVID. So it's looking very rough there. <laughs> but uh, so I'm going to take a sit and we're going to rob Dan Arnold and they're playing the Bills. And this is pretty self-explanatory. This is an up-and-coming tight end that people are looking at starting. Like, potentially, if you have someone on bye, you probably picked him up. 
don't expect much this week. This is a very good defense. So honestly, I I just wouldn't. I'd look somewhere else. Dude, like yeah. it's just like every week when we look at like the tight end position on like who to play and like who not to play. I just like only like stumble across like the same like six names on like that like 12 to 18 range and I'm like well I gotta pick one of these six guys to start or to sit because it's just so bad but it's also weird because like if you look like when I was recapping the tight ends I was like looking at the rankings for the tight ends then you'll just find a random dude who catches it the fourth tight end this week was Brevin Jordan never heard of the guy (laughs) he went to the U Sixth tight end, Jesse James. Haven't heard his name since, I don't know, that catch against the Patriots in, <laughs> what, 2015? Like, Jeff Swaim. Like, like no offense, but I feel like there's that's tight what ends. I mean, like, you, can't st- you can't start those guys, but it's just yeah, like a random I mean. tight end. We'll catch a touchdown every week, and I'm like, who is this guy? That's my whole and- point that I've been saying all year is, like, the position is so top-heavy. Where, like, if you don't have one of those guys, like, one of those top guys, like, who the hell do you play? Like, Albert O in Denver. Like, I heard that dude's name, like, six times on the Denver the well, stream. Yeah, on, you might so. as well start him. Yeah, I was, yeah uh, actually, not bad. Start Albert O this week, everyone, <laughs> if you need a streaming tight end now that uh, fans out. No, nah, but my actual start this week is going to be Zach Ertz. I know I talked about him starting him a few weeks ago, but I'm only saying him again. Solely for the purpose that if Kyler Murray does not play, um, tight ends are usually a pretty solid safety blanket for a quarterback. I was looking it up. I'm pretty sure the backup quarterback for the Cardinals is the Colt McCoy, and I don't expect that dude to be slinging the rock down very far. He's a the vet. D-hop. He's I a mean, vet. again, a name I haven't heard since probably 2015. So, I don't know. I mean, Zacharis will be right there. You know, you can catch those six-yard outs or, you know, Whatever he's running out of the backfield, I think it's a good safety blanket. And I think he will continue to perform within the guy, like within the top tight ends. I think Ertz will continue to see production outside of, uh, unlike other dudes like uh, Jeff Swain and Jesse James and Brevin <laughs> oh, Jordan. Leave Jeff Swain alone, God. Although with Julio, maybe, I don't know, after their Dublin AJ yeah. Brown all game, maybe Swain will have a career night and we'll be, I'll, I'll have to swallow my words. Next week when I recap tight ends and Jeff Swain's number one. <laughs> All right. So you said, like, take a flyer on Alberto. Obviously, that's not going to be <laughs> your pick, but it's time. Let's take some flyers this week. Z, since apparently – are you flying with the tight ends? Like, I don't know what uh, you're doing. No. I'm not flying with the tight ends because I have no faith in them in the long run. Uh, I am taking a flyer on Boston Scott. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I watch fantasy and no-name random dudes who aren't owned in any leagues score touchdowns, I get kind of triggered, especially when you have Jalen Hurts and all of a sudden now he wants to hand the rock off in the end zone instead of him rushing it in. So, I mean, Boston Scott, two touchdowns. And if you want to make another argument, Jordan Howard, who I haven't heard his name in years, also scored two touchdowns. Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, I think we all assumed after Miles Sanders going down, Gainwell, that was his backfield. Look, but, like you just talking about the Eagles' backfield is so triggering right now. Like, you have no idea. No, but, I don't even own Miles Sanders. And, like, being I feel a Miles bad. Sanders owner and seeing them actually hand the ball off to the running backs in the, in the – To running backs that I haven't heard their names in years. 
it's not even that. I, I can vouch for that. It's <laughs> so not even painful. that though. Like the sickening. They both got two touchdowns. Game. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I have Jalen Hurts. Hurts like greedy. Miles Sanders takes it in every he, time. Miles Sanders might have two touchdowns this whole year, and like it might be less. No, I don't and think gr- he has any. I don't think he has any. I don't think. Yeah. He has I mean, granted, it was like granted, they did not. The Eagles did not have to throw the ball because they were up like twenty-one within like ten minutes. And they were just rushing it in for points. But I don't know. If you maybe Boston Scott is the guy they want to go to in the red zone. It seems like Miles he's Sanders more has of a big... zero touchdowns. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Rushing Boston and receiving. I think I, I looked the other day. I think I drafted him 60 something. Yeah, Boston Scott is owned in, I think it was less than 1% of leagues when I looked on Sunday. So, I mean, hey, if you, you need a running back and you want to take a flyer, and maybe the Eagles offense all of a sudden now wants to hand the rock off in the end zone. It seems like Boston Scott might be their guy. So if you want to take a deep flyer, go ahead and pick up Boston Scott. I can go next. So, um, you know, I was talking about the Jets a lot earlier. So oh God. coming off the big week, I want to stick to that. And this is a guy that had a lot of speculation coming into the season, and that's Elijah Moore. Um, like it appears – Six catches on the year. <laughs> so I don't know if it was him not being ready or maybe the floor just couldn't get a hold of this offense, but now he's definitely getting more involved, especially with Corey Davis being out. Um, you know, I like to talk about the pre-snap motion. He's getting involved and in he's getting handoffs in the backfield. So he's kind of playing like a Tyreek Hill kind of role. Obviously, I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but this is a guy I like a lot. And a lot of people dropped him because he wasn't performing well. So if he's there in your league, I'd definitely grab him. I think it's a high upside. All right. For me, you know, I I love the take a flyer section. It's probably been my, my biggest hit so far on this show. So M trick Felton. <laughs> all right. Well, I wasn't expecting D Ernest Johnson to become a superstar in fantasy purposes, <laughs> apparently. 24 Steals, points in his, in his one start. touchdowns from Nick Chubb. Like, what do, what do you expect? <laughs> He's that guy, pal. So, as a Nick Chubb owner in both leagues, it's painful. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I actually got two flyers this week. One I got is Alan Lazard in Green Bay coming off COVID, losing Bob Tunyon last week, too. Kind of hurts. Um, so I think Lazar is going to have a bigger role now on the offense, especially like, as we know, Rodgers does specifically look Devontae's way most of the time, but God forbid he gets doubled, like you got to go somewhere else. So let's say Alan Lazard has a chance to be like a solidified wide receiver two on that offense. And they're playing the Chiefs who let up, you know, lots of points every week. So Thank you for stealing my next uh, – Oh, sentence. I thought you were going to your next guy. No. But, yes, playing the Chiefs is obviously a huge part of it because their defense is just putrid. But now my, my next guy is just, like, wicked deep. But past three weeks, he's gotten seven targets, six targets, and then 12 targets. We're going to everyone's favorite place, Jacksonville. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, the guy who returned the 109-yard kick. Jamal has all has 25 targets in the last three weeks with a touchdown scored in double digits each week. 
Just a name like thrown out there. You don't have to pick him up, but just a name thrown out there to potentially keep your eye on if Trev keeps looking his way. I mean, if Jimmy, if uh, Jimmy Rob isn't playing either, that would only help Agnew's case. So, I mean, I don't oppose to it. I just had no idea who you were saying at first. <laughs> but hey, you said Lavisca doesn't get targeted. That's why this guy's stealing all the targets. Yeah, I mean Dan Arnold. <laughs> Exactly. Who, who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? So we're highlighting the, the real guys on the Jags offense. Uh, just one thing I want to mention to you guys is uh, I think the most newsworthy and interesting uh, note following week eight was Adrian Peterson is back in football. I mean, I was just – I was not expecting – when I saw Derek Henry was hurt and I was reading reports that, you know, they were going to look to sign a running back, I mean – I don't know about you guys, but I was not expecting to ever say Adrian Peterson's name ever again for in regards to fantasy football. Yeah, I guess I guess Todd Gurley is just like gone forever. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like that's disrespectful. Yeah, no, nah, his knees must be done. Yeah, like he definitely at twenty eight at this point. Yeah, at twenty eight, he must be medically retired. Like, like McVeigh just like ran this dude's kneecap into like the ground. He he's hey, I can't. He single handedly won me two fantasy championships back to back. So I thank him for that. Yeah, yeah. He he had quite the career, but going back to Tennessee's situation, everyone's going crazy about AP, but I honestly don't even think he's the starting running back. No, I think they're going to use McNichols so yeah. much. Yeah, I was going to say, I think McNichols, you just plug him right in. He's getting all the touches. AP, did, they might did, give him a couple. Get, did he get promoted from – I know, you, obviously, you signed the practice squad first, but he I didn't even see. Did he get promoted up to, like, not the main No, not yet. He's just on the practice squad. He probably needs to get some conditioning and considering he hasn't played football in a year. <sighs> yeah, and he's he's definitely aged at this point. Yeah. I mean, if if this is a week we see Phillip Rivers get signed and AP <laughs> get signed, I, I might think it's, like, 2016. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like I'm playing – freaking fantasy football in 2013 again yeah that, that would be something huh so speaking of that <laughs> we're moving right along to the bold predictions to wrap it up is that your bold prediction z philip rivers uh, is signed by the end of the week to the new orleans saints no sadly that is not going to be my bold prediction well, that's um, like as bold as it gets signing a guy out of a high school coaching job to come play qb i mean my first bold prediction is that dan will be here next week <laughs> Um, no, I'm kidding. But my real bold prediction is like Brett said, we talk about coming off the buy a lot. Now, Brett said, sit Josh Jacobs. So if you're sitting Josh Jacobs, you're expecting the Raiders to score points somehow. Obviously that starts with the quarterback. Despite everything that happened today with Henry Ruggs, I think that playing the giants off a of buy now, mind you, the Raiders somehow without a head coach, and now without their number one receiver, um, they're going to have to try to at least maintain their lead, their 5-2 and two, uh, record right now, leading the AFC West. I'm going to say that against the Giants, Derrick Henry uh, – Derrick Henry, wow. Derrick Carr has a top three quarterback performance. Um, we're going to see lots of catches by Darren Waller, I think, this week, who's had an off, off year, I would say, so far, compared to the productions he's had last year. But now without Henry Ruggs, you're going to see guys like Brian Edwards and Hunter Redfro getting a lot more touches. And I think that even without Henry Ruggs, that offense I think is pretty good under Derek Carr's command. So I'm going to say Derek Carr is a top three quarterback play this week against the Giants, who just lost in a very close game last night in Arrowhead. Shout so, out to 
What'd you say? I said shout out the Chiefs. No, screw the Chiefs. I'm moving. Should have lost. Should have lost the game. Yeah, well, I moved on, so I don't care. Well, barely. Yeah, wins a win, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So right. yeah, that's my bold take. Their car top three this week. So for my bold take, I'm gonna go with another prediction like that, but I'm gonna go top five wide receiver, and we're gonna say DJ Moore. I would um, love. I would love that for my fantasy team. Yeah, these past couple of weeks, as you know, he's definitely not been himself. And I think this Panthers offense as a whole has been struggling. And CMC is potentially coming back this week, which would take a lot of weight off his shoulders. And Joe Brady is definitely too good of an offensive coordinator to keep the slump going. So I think they correct themselves. And DJ Moore can have a week where he comes out. I'll give a stat line. I'll say nine catches. 86 yards and two touchdowns. That would be great. (laughs) All right. To wrap it, who would have thought, coming from me, that this is my bold take? But Michael Carter is a top 10 play again this week. Michael Carter, baby. Give me a similar stat line to last week. I think he's going to eat up on Thursday night. I'll give him a touchdown on the ground with like 60 yards and a touchdown through the air with about seven to eight catches. So I know we kind of talked about the Jets a lot this week. T's riding the high of this huge win against the Bengals, getting them out of that top five draft pick. I'm not saying they're going to win. Who knows what the hell is going to happen. They might put up like zero points for all I know, but Mike White loves the dump down to Michael Carter. So give me the Michael Carter top 10 play this week. I absolutely love it. Michael Carter, yeah. No, that new offense, he's getting that ball a lot. He's clearly the best running back on the team. It it looks like free points. Facts. I need it. I need it too, like just desperately after that trade. So – That'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week to recap week nine, look ahead to week 10. Kind of crazy that we're already almost in week 10. Jeez. But till next time, hopefully we have all four of us then. But until then, same time next, same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.